Hey there everyone, Tyler Pyburn here from 5 Tool Productions and this is the Create Smarter Podcast. We've got another great episode for you today. We're talking with Rob Nash of Extra Innings. They're a baseball training facility up in Middleton, Massachusetts. And they've been around since 1996, which believe it or not, is right around the time that I first stepped foot through their doors. So it's a little bit of a nostalgic episode for me today, but you're going to love it because we talk about business, how they've grown since 96, how they franchised, and really how the model has completely turned since then. It's a great one. You won't want to miss it. And it starts right now. Rob, Rob, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I am doing very good. Thank you. So we're here. I'm upstairs on top of the batting cages right now, I feel like. Extra innings. Tell me a little bit about it. What, what, what is it? How do you explain it to people? Well, that's a good question. I have. Uh, we come across that question. What do you guys do? Kind of we do everything baseball and softball. So if you are involved with baseball or softball, um, our goal is to be your one-stop shop. So our goal is to be your trainer, to have facilities where you could come in and just work on your game alone as a team or as an individual. Um, we sell a lot of equipment for either teams or leagues or individuals as well. We have coaches here that will uh, fit you, put you in the right stuff. Um, so we call it the one-stop shop for baseball, softball, and um, we do it 24-7, 356 days, whatever it is a year, if you can add four more days to the year. True. You People think, you know, baseball season. Nope. You guys run all year round, right? I mean, that's the, the big thing. People kind of forget the misconceptions. Like, ah, baseball, that. Eh. When we first started the business, it, people thought we were nuts. And uh, um, we we started off, um, both of us were, Joe Lewis, my partner, and I were both um, ex-minor league players uh, out there in the real world that we really didn't like. Um, we were into coaching, and we had seen a couple models of this uh kind of batting cages camps that we were running private lessons were just starting back then um, this is in 1996 so it really wasn't a big thing to have a private coach help you out um, so we started seeing that around the country so we got together and opened our first place um, to to just figure we give it a shot um, no one thought we'd do it. No, no one thought that we'd ever make it. The landlord was, you know, charged us a fortune because he figured he'd be out of there in six months. Um, two years later, it took forever to get a bank to believe in us because no one ever thought of the concept and no one ever uh, saw <clears throat> what our vision was, was one-stop shop, like I had mentioned, was, you know, some people had batting cages, some people started to do camps and clinics around, but no one really put it all together. And so um, once people saw it, they stopped calling us crazy, and then they were asking for us, how do I do it? It's awesome. It's funny, 96, I think I was probably one of your very first people that comes through the door <laughs> as a uh, 12-year-old kid. So. It's amazing. <laughs> it's you wild. see now, I never thought I'd be doing it for 22 years or whatever the number is. It's just... And guys like you coming back with their kids now, and I really feel old. <laughs> it's like, oh boy, it's I'm wild. into their grandkids now. It's pretty good. <laughs> so tell me how since '96 happened. Now, you and Joe, I, I remember. You know, I even think at one point when you first started, I remember standing on an Oriental rug. Might have been the first thing I was standing on to take hacks in, in the cage. Tell me how how you've grown, <laughs> how you evolved, how you've changed really since then. 
so the the market itself is a basic you know premise to it is you got to be local and into the community right so um, Joe and I both had local ties here, um, whether it be Danvers or Peabody. We're both from Peabody, as, same as you. But um, you know, I moved to Danvers, and we had a, a lot of local ties. We did a lot of work with uh, local little leagues when we were first starting out. I mean, really get get involved and kind of donate a lot of time to show the kids where uh, they could be um, if they put the extra time in, if they got a little bit of instruction and. Uh, so that's kind of how our ground roots effort was was more community based volunteer based to get kids in and then what started happening is the product that we were delivering was pretty good um we had hired a couple other coaches to help us out because we just started to get overwhelmed and everybody was doing a good job and we started to see a lot of results so we started to see uh, the local little leagues starting to flourish and win state titles and win district titles. And then we started to see uh, Danvers High School and PB High School and guys like you really get up there and start playing college ball. And now we have kids starting to get drafted. And uh, so what's something that started with, there wasn't really much action for the Northeast player, never mind the North, North Shore of Massachusetts. These kids were starting to get noticed, and scouts were starting to come along, and college scholarships were starting to come along. So uh, the product was that we were providing was worth it. And so now the kids were starting to, and the parents were starting to say, you know, this is pretty good investment for my child if, if they are into it, um, if they are want to put in the effort. Um, one of the things that we were have been and still always preach is if the kid's not having fun, we don't want them. Uh, we want them to have a good time. We want them to enjoy working out. We don't want it forced down their throat. We encourage them to play other sports. I think it's very unhealthy uh, to play one sport all the way through. Your body needs to be used in different ways, get stronger in different ways. Your mind needs to experience other things. You need to be an individual like you are in baseball, but you need to be a part of a team as well. So you really need to focus all that stuff too. So when we started putting all this together, all these programs started to come together and the results um, worked out pretty well for us. And then and when we incorporated the retail end of it in the pro shop where we could provide the equipment for the players and the coaches and put them in the right stuff, you know, that's when the building really started to get full and we started really enjoying ourselves. Awesome, awesome, awesome. <clears throat> With kind of the, the local community in mind, one of the things you've seen, I'm sure, over the course of the last 22 years, you know, when you first started, people thought you were crazy. But then over time, more and more places start to pop up. Other businesses that are similar to yours or competitors try start to pop up. Might not necessarily be right down the street, but pretty darn close. How did you separate yourselves? How did you kind of differentiate yourselves from kind of the, the competition, really? So when we were lucky and unlucky, I guess you could say, we started it um, when you're the leader and people see that you're successful, they'll tend to copy you, right? So I would too. It makes sense, right? This it's been done. Why right? not do it? Do it this way. And when websites were developed and the net started going crazy, people could easily access the information of what you're doing and you're putting it out there to advertise for your business so everybody else can see it too. So the model started to be copied a little bit. So we had to think about, well, what can we do to separate ourselves from everybody else? Um, 
A, you got to have great coaching. So if you keep the great coaching and you keep the great instruction, um, you can separate yourself very quickly as far as results go for the for the kids. Your facility's got to be different. So your facility's got to be clean. It's got to be big. It's got to be functional. Um, so we feel that we got a pretty good facility here in Middleton, 18,000 square feet. We designed it purposely just for this, so it's not some other, you know, smaller warehouse or retrofit place. They try to put stuff inside. Yeah, we we designed this for its for its one purpose. And then the you know the kicker is that we developed a whole bunch of buying power with the manufacturers in really good relationships. Um, uh, some of my best friends in the business now all all part of either work for Eastern or Wilson or DeMarini or Rawlings or New Balance or any one of the manufacturers that we use. And our buying power and our relationships with these kind of separates us from everybody else because we can really provide product and stuff for the for the player and the coaches at the same price, if not better, than they can get online or at some big box stores and we also can create revenue for our businesses and everything else so that's a really uh, part of our model that we still are separated from everybody else and when did that kind of come into play that you said we need to have a retail portion of this because from, that, that definitely yeah, evolved right from day one actually really from was it day really? one so what happened was i got done playing ball and i was a part of um, a company called Zet was, was a baseball glove company out of Japan. <laughs> I remember, yeah. Yeah, so I was, uh, my, my dad had worked for them, and I, he got me a local job just schlepping it out, trying to sell some gloves and work with some of the pros and things like that. And I immediately saw the need to, to sell. But again, you need to have cash, you need to have capital, you need to have um, a lot of experience. So we started with just a bunch of Zet gloves and a catalog. <laughs> in our small place where you were at. And so um, it started with a catalog, but then we saw the need for, hey, you know what? The the Bishop Fenwick High School coach is in, Kevin McCarthy's in, you know, they're, they're hitting three times a week. They need baseballs. They need helmets. Or, you know, this coach is in, or this kid's, you know, he's got a 14-inch glove and he's playing shortstop. We need to get him the right thing. Have to get him the right stuff. <laughs> and yeah. so that's... And that's where the knowledge comes into play, that's too, the, right? Exactly. Because, you know, mom and dad have no idea. They go in and say, oh, this one's soft. I mean, right? we still see it today in that end of it where, mm-hmm. you know, people will come in and say, yeah, I bought this bat at Dick's. You know, the kid told me it was the right bat. You can't, it's illegal. You can't even use that bat at the level you're playing <laughs> it. It's like, go take it back. You should have come to us first. We'll give you the same price. So we'll at least put you in the right thing. Yep. Um, so that really worked with it. Our coaches did a great job of making sure that the kids were uh, in the right equipment. So people would come to us and ask. And even nowadays, you can buy anything online. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was going to say, that, yeah. that was kind of my next question. We talk about competition. How has online kind of shaped because in '96, obviously, that's yeah. not that's non-existent essentially, right? Internet doesn't really come until 2002, really. But now you can buy. I can go on Amazon. And I can go buy a bat right now. How do you compete with that? It's difficult, and you see around you where the malls are closing and all the retail shops are closing, and retail business is just about dead. Um, it has affected us greatly. There's no there's no doubt about it. Um, we try to differentiate ourselves by saying you can try before you buy. So we have demo bats here. Um, we're just talking the baseball bat industry or the fast pitch softball bat industry. 
Um, we have demo bats at our facilities where they can try before they buy. So they can come in, try different models before they buy, <clears throat> and then we can offer at the same price that they can online, even give them a bigger discount. Um, so that's really, really helped us um, stay in the market. Um, the cloth market and all the clothing that we used to have and all that stuff it's gone that, you know, that, really? that's that's really end of it so that really try before you buy and not too many places um, or players want to buy a glove without trying it on Absolutely. first so that's one thing that they really don't get online that we can really help them with so we do a tremendous glove business and even if you try on a glove it doesn't make a difference because you have to try it. You have to catch a guy. Yeah, <laughs> a it's, times, yeah, right? it's, you really got to – it's tough buying a glove online. So yeah. that's, um, that's really helped. And then the last thing is the relationships with the teams. So if you've got uh, travel teams in your facility or high school teams or things, um, they're all nowadays buying. Everybody gets a helmet. Everybody gets a bat bag. Everybody gets a uniform. Everybody gets a pair of shoes. Everybody gets a pair of cleats as part of their program and a part of their package. And we can put together a package better than anybody can. Best price, best selection, everything else. That, that was going to be my kind of my next question. You started off by saying, you know, once you started it, not necessarily competitors, but people started wanting to know, hey, how can I do this? How can you help me because I'm a coach and I need help? Mm-hmm. When did that come into play? And you started saying, okay, maybe we can use this as part of a business. But like you said, help the community and maybe not necessarily help the local community, but also, you know, teams that might, might be not necessarily, you know, local here on the North Shore even. Right. So it's our story's a little bit um, diversified and we try to use our strengths to the business end of it we're schlepping baseballs and softballs here so we're not you know computer tech yeah we're not not curing cancer we're not you know some big tech guy out in in silicon valley making millions and millions of dollars that raised 200 million yeah we're two guys still grinding it out 50 60 hours a week doing our thing but we were just lucky enough to um have some people in the beginning come and say, I want to do what you guys do. So um, the funny story is we went up to open a second location up in Tingsboro, Massachusetts. And we were going up, I think it was, my facts may be a little fuzzy at this point, but I think it was the day before the closing. Um, We were buying a piece of property and we were going to put extra innings two up there and it was going to be great. And I think they hit us with something like a $50,000 sewer connection fee. So we looked at each other and said, this ain't going to happen. So we walked away from the deal. Um, the day before. Yeah. We walked away from the deal and said, you know, we don't know what's going to happen here. They're hitting us with this fee now. What are they going to hit us with later? This is not uh, what we, we felt was good business practice on their part. So we decided to walk from the deal. And then we started to thinking about other expansion ideas. And um, we came across franchising. And we says, well, you know, we're constantly having people come in to tell us they can do, you know, how, just asking us, well, you know, what can I do? Um, I thought of this years ago. Uh, you know, what? How would how you guys do different? How can I step different? Right. this? Yeah. How- so we uh, we did a lot of research and we um, hired some people a lot smarter than we do to help us um, grow the business into the uh, franchise model and create a, you know, an owner's manual and create a, you know, something that's repeatable, operating like you say, operating, and, the yeah. whole thing. Um, 
use what we do best, um, mm -hmm. use some things that, okay, even if they wanted to do it on their own, they wouldn't be able to do it as well as we do because we have A or we have B. And a lot of that comes down to the equipment. Again, we have access to that stuff at the best price. So they could never do that on their own. Gotcha. And so that started to morph into a pretty good um, uh, model on the franchise end of it where people were starting to um, kind of recognize us and we grew that way. And how has that gone? How has that evolved? It's it's kind of come full circle where it's kind of stagnant at this point. I mean, not stagnant. I mean, we're doing a good job. We're still selling franchises and mm -hmm. we're supporting our guys. Um, but we're seeing a lot more independent people out there. So uh, it's come where travel baseball and travel softball has kind of taken over now. Um, mm -hmm. Back in the day, it was a lot of little leagues still in Babe Ruth and yep. Um, that stuff's really, really not too existent, especially in the southern states, and it, it really doesn't happen too often. Yeah. So what we're seeing happening was uh, travel teams and organizations, big ones, were being um, being formed. Uh, we were involved early on with the, the Lightning Baseball in New England, yep. so a lot of our local guys played. Um, that was one of the first programs, you know, back in the day when there was three or four programs all in New England. Um, so now that's kind of morphed with this three or four in every town. Mm -hmm. It's it's really 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 a and big it deal. Early and too, it right? starts it's early, and they go all year. They're starting this little down south. They're starting a little seven years old, eight or under, mm -hmm. for these big programs. And so what happens is when a team or a program does a good job, and I'm not um, knocking them, I'm actually um, praising them. They do a good enough job, and they're holding enough customers where business is good enough in there providing for their players and they're doing a really good job developing players and things like that where they can open up their own academy let's call it so what's happening is across the country is a lot of these travel organizations are opening up their small academy so it's taking away from the bigger facility like we are where we are kind of like switzerland we invite everybody here we don't you know it's kind of neutral where a lot of these smaller academies are really based on just their teams. They may do some outside business and bring the local little but league in or whatever. they're primarily servicing They're servicing their teams. Their teams. They're servicing, and that's happening across the country. Interesting. Super niche-based. Yeah. Here's so when we noticed this, I got together with our manufacturers. Um, it was three years ago now. We noticed a big change in the business. A, the internet that we had already spoken about was really mm -hmm. taken away from the retailers. But then we also noticed that um, the team business was going away from us as well because, you know, these organizations were buying equipment and stuff through somebody else online, through Amazon for their own teams. Yeah, they're doing a quick Google search Boom. and they're coming up with Coming up with it. Gotcha. So. The problem was that the product wasn't getting there on time. The, it was getting all mixed up. The local, the local sporting goods stores that used to be around are going out of business left and right. Yeah. They're, they're, they're non-existent. They're, they're gone. There. So these organizations have nowhere to buy equipment for their teams. Um, the kids are all walking in with all new bats and all gloves and things that they're purchasing online. And so I'm an academy owner, and I've invested in this facility, but I've got kids walking in the door who aren't I can't sell equipment to and I'm buying uniforms through a third party and I'm buying hats for the third party I have to buy balls for a third party yet I'm a legitimate business but I can't get access to this stuff 
So when I started really thinking about this, I got with the manufacturers, and it, it took a while um, because, you know, new trick, old dog deal. They didn't weren't really receptive quite yet to what we were thinking about. But once we got them on board, they, it's really been wildfire. So what we've created was um, a wholesale buying group for travel programs in small academy facilities. And so we took our strength, which was our buying power and our access to this stuff, and we moved it um, into this new model so we could share um, share this with a small facility. They may or may not be in extra innings. That's fine. But we share our buying power, and we've built it that way and access. So now these local academies can become more profitable, and the kids can now get the right stuff because they know they're buying it from their coach and so it's going back full circle where we're bringing business back local like really local like right into your own facility or right into your own program where they're 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 controlling um their own uniforms and they can sell equipment and footwear to uh, their players and um, kudos to the manufacturers for seeing um seeing this vision um, and really running with it. And so we're up up over 200 uh, members in our direct group. So we have 200 programs that are in it across the country. Um, we're growing, but we're, we're steady um, where we want to be. Uh, we want to service these guys really well. And um, it's it's bringing business back. I was going to say, it's, I mean, right when we started, we talked about just the importance of <clears throat> kind of investing in the community. Mm-hmm. Even before we jumped on the microphones, we were talking about just how important it was for you to be kind of invested in the community and servicing your local hyper-local community. I mean, it, it's almost come full circle where th- these academies are truly investing in their hyper-local communities. In a sense. We've got let's um, less than 300 yards from this main 18,000-square-foot extra rings facility one of the biggest travel program facilities in Legends Baseball right around the corner. And then we've got two more right there. There's one in Salem, there's one in Lynn, there's another one in Peabody. So all these academies, these private academies, they're showing up everywhere. And so there's plenty they're of... they're not slowing down. No, they're, they're not slowing down. Everywhere. And people that say that there's, you know, baseball is dead and it's going nowhere, they, don't, they, they really don't know. They may say their local Little League team is... Um, you know, going down it's or the change. It's, it's just not changed. Dying. No, it's different. It's just than changed. what you might have grown up with. There's no pony league anymore. Yeah, right. right. I mean, it's, it's different. And it's completely different. And when you travel the country and see what's going on out there around the country and see um, the level of teams that are being played, um, there may be a um, reduction in players because that's just with any sport now because you're adding more sports and you're adding more activities and there's online, there's gaming, and there's everything else. Esports is now We's a real thing. Real right? thing, but the players are playing more, so they may not be more players, but the players that are playing are playing more. They're playing eighty games a year. They're playing a hundred games a year. Um, different places have three seasons, um, but you know we try to bring everything back local. There's plenty of business for everybody. I said, you know, always since day one, we wanted to be a part of the community. We want to be, you know, that's why we were always welcoming to all facilities and all programs to come to us. We feel we can provide a really good service for all our local um, travel teams, organizations, whether they be fast pitch softball, which is growing faster than baseball is, um, or the baseball programs, um, and really bring business back local. So not only we're helping the player, we're helping the organization, and we're growing our business, and it's a win-win for everybody. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So to kind of start to close things up here right now, 
what, just from a business perspective, you've been doing it for 22 years, what keeps you up at night now? Is there anything that ah, what doesn't you? <laughs> Is it the same stuff it did 22 same years ago? Same stuff it, it did 22 years ago. I mean, challenges of owning your own business are challenges. Um, until the day comes when we decide that, it, you know, it's to go off into the sunset and um, enjoy myself a little bit more. But, um, you know, you, you worry about everything. We're still business owners, so we still get the call at 3 o'clock in the morning that, you know, the fire alarm's going off. The police are down there. Or, you know, uh, someone sick and you got to fill somebody in. Or, you know, sometimes we've, you know, we've had it. It hasn't been this glorious ride like everybody thinks, you know. You know, we think about things all the time. How are we going to make payroll this week? I mean, everybody goes through all these things in different levels of their business and their business life. And as they grow, um, you reinvent yourself, you move on. But there's always in the back of your mind, if you're not thinking about your business all the time and you own a business, then you're not a good businessman or a woman. You know, you're always engaged. You're always thinking about what's the next step? What can I do to move forward? What can I do to help the community? What am I going to do to, um, you know, put this over the top? And then when, when you do that, and then you're looking for something else. And that's just entrepreneurship. That's just, that's us. That's in us. That's just, you know, you too. That's just the way it is. We'll never be satisfied with just sitting back and doing what we're doing. It's trying to, um, when we thought of the, the the buying group, that was completely out of the box. It just something we felt we needed to change to move forward. And bingo. It's just, um, so everything keeps you up at night. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Love it. So where, uh, where can people find out more? Where do you want them to go right now? So uh, us is our main site. So us kind of lists all our locations across the country and links you over to our uh, Middleton location. And um, our buying group, if you're a facility out there or if you are a uh, travel program owner and you want access to wholesale stuff and create some what we call our taglines, create uh, revenue for your organization, savings for your players, because we can accomplish both. Uh, that's at shopeidirect.com, shopeidirect.com. Um, just Google it. You'll find us. We do a pretty good job. We've been round enough where um, we kind of show up at the top of the page. Awesome. Love it. All right. Here's Rob Nash. Rob, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. Love it. Here's Rob. I am Tyler. This has been Create Smarter. You'll hear us next time. Take care.